Okay, we are in Sefer Divrei Hayomim Aleph, Perik Beis, Pasuk Aleph, Eleh B'nai Yisrael. And we are now in the second Perik of what we see is a nine Perik genealogy chart that takes us from Adam HaRishon through David HaMelech. And so we begin today with the uh, 12 Shvatim, the 12 sons of uh, Yaakov, who formed the tribes of Israel. Eleb and Israel, these are the sons of Israel. Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Issachar, Uzvulun, Don, Yosef, Uvinyamin, Naphtali, God, Asher. So the first thing you notice is they are not in the strict birth order. Rather, they are in the order of their mothers having them. In other words, Rachel's children, Leah's children, Zilpah's children, and Billah's children, who are the uh, handmaidens of, um, of, of, of Yaakov. So what happens here is they're listed to each one, but the exception you will notice is done. Don is right there in the middle, and the reason say the Mephoshim is because Rachel, by bringing in Bilhah, that was her name, and having her serve as a wife to Yaakov, got the schus to have herself Yosef Uvinyamin. She did not have children up to that point. And so then they pick up after that, Naphtali, God, Ba'asher. B'nai Yehuda. Er v'onon v'shila shlosha nolad lo mibashua haknanis v'yehi er b'chor Yehuda ra b'enei Hashem v'yamisi. We're going to have to take this story because it's a fascinating story and it is a pillar, a key to getting to the lineage of King David. Yehuda had a wife um, named Shua. Haknanis. He had three sons with her, uh, Er, Onan, Vishela. Er the Bukhar married a woman called Tamar, named Tamar. Something he did causes the Kaddish Baruch Hu to get very angry at him, punishes him, and or dies, leaving a widow, Tamar, and leaving her childless. This, in turn, triggers the law we know as Yibam, that if someone dies childless, his brother is required either through Yibam or Chalitza to um, see that the wife has a child either by him or by the next brother. And so Onan now has to, as it were, uh, perform Yibam for a Tamar, and completely either by will or happenstance, it doesn't happen. He bungles it. And he dies. So now you have Shelah, the third son, and Yehuda is understandably reluctant to provide his third son as a Yibum, rather a Yavama, to Tamar, and so withholds him. Says later, he's got to grow first. Tamar gets very restive about this and concerned. And what she does, says Tachomish, she dresses up as a prostitute, stays on the crossroads where Yehuda will pass, 
and more or less seduces Yehuda, takes collateral from him of his signet ring, his staff, and his jacket, and then later on has two children by him. Um, the first one being Peretz, the second being Zerach. Now they come to Yehuda. Yehuda cannot find her after that. He's looking for her to get his um, things back. And they tell him later on that your daughter-in-law, Tamar, committed adultery and therefore is punishable by death. And Yehuda agrees. Tamar, quietly before her death sentence is carried out, approaches Yehuda and says, Hakerna, do you recognize these symbols? And they are, of course, the signet ring, the collateral that he gave her, plus his staff and his jacket. And he realizes what he's done, what has happened here. And he says, Sadat Domimeni. He announces she is more righteous than I am. And now he, according to the Medrash, either becomes her Yibum himself or marries her. So he marries her. Uh, then the Tamar Kalaso, Tamar is his daughter-in-law, but now is his wife, Yoldolo es Peretz, the Ezerach, Kol Yehuda Chamisha. There are now five sons. The one to watch for is Peretz. Peretz, as we're going to see, is the father, the ancestor of Obed and Yishai and Boaz and David. <laughs> If you are in the line of Peretz, it's a direct line to Melech David, as we're going to see. So now, B'nai Peretz, Chetzron V'chamu. Peretz has two sons, Chetzron V'chamu. U'b'nai Zerach, Zimri, V'eitan, V'heimon, V'kalkol, V'derach, Kulam, Chamisha. And Zerach has Zimri, V'eitan, V'heimon, and Kalkol. Kalbal is considered in many circles, by Mephoshim, to be Kalev, which we will come to later. Uvenei Karmi, and the sons of Karmi, Ochor, Ocher Yisrael, Asher Me'al Becherim. Who's Karmi? Karmi, where does he come from? Kulam Kamisha, Uvenei Karmi, Ochor. Karmi must be one of the sons or grandsons of Zerach. We'll have to look that up. But he is very important, Carmi, because he gives birth to Achar. Achar literally means troublemaker, but Achar we come to know later as Ochar Yisrael Hashem al Bacherim. He is the one we know as Ochem ben Carmi. He is the one who violates the law of not taking cherem, not taking loot or booty at the conquest of Yericho. You will recall Yoshua issues a decree before Yericho. No one is to touch the treasure, the booty, the loot, the cattle. And Ochen ben Karmi does. And what happens is that the next battle of Ai, unexpectedly, 36 Soldiers die, which was not supposed to happen. They know something happened at Yericho. They draw a lottery, and it comes out Ochen ben Karmi, and Ochen ben Karmi is killed. Is there a Zavdi in there? Because Ochen Karmi was son of Zavdi. Doesn't mention him either. But in any case, he is Ochen ben Karmi. 
Uvene Eitzon Azaria, Uvene Chetzron, Asher Nolad Lo, Esirach Miel, Vesrom, Veskuluvoi. So Chetzron gives birth, the most significant one there is the last one, is Kluvoi, who we know as Kolev. Verom Holid Es Aminadav, Aminadav Holid Es Nachshon Nasi Bene Yehuda. Out of that comes Nachshon Ben Aminadav who has fame as the um, Nasi, the uh, prince of Yehuda. He is the first one to jump into the Red Sea when all B'nai Israel hesitates when the chariots of Paro are pursuing them. He also is the first one to bring his gifts to the Mishkan on the first day of dedication. So Nachshon and Aminadav has become a symbol of faith and courage and being the Nasi, the first Nasi of the great tribe of Yehuda. The Nachshon Holid as Shalma, the Shalma Holid as Boaz. Boaz becomes very important because he is the redeemer. He performs Yibam for Ruth, and out of that union is, of course, the direct line to David. Uvoaz Holid as Oved, the Oved Holid as Yishai, the Yishai Holid as Bichrom. Now listen to this. Yishai, the father of David, has son, seven, eight sons: Esbichrov, Eseliyov, Avinadov, Hashani, Veshima, Hashloshi, Netaniel, Harivi, Radi, Hachamishi, Etzem, Hashishi, David, Hashri. That is a problem. David, if you will recall, when Shmuel comes to Yishai's house, he asks to see his how many sons you have. He has eight. He asks to see them. The first seven do not score with Shmuel. He says, do you have any others? Yes, his youngest one is the shepherd in the field. They bring him in. And of course, it is David that Shmuel designates and anoints as the successor to Shaul. Question is, why say he's the seventh when he's the eighth? We know that from Shmuel. So some of them are fortunate saying, Maybe one of the seven brothers died. Maybe it's divided up to a different wife. There are other Mephoshim that have a less benign interpretation, and that conforms with what we said in the introduction. Everything is done to David. The succession is smooth, no warts, no blemishes. David, because the seventh is considered much more lucky, it's considered much more blessed, the number seven. And so they want to make him the seventh. And so what they do somehow is eliminate a brother that's between one and seven. So David is the seventh, according to Divrei HaYomim, and he's really the eighth. But more about that later. Um, Hilly. Yes? It doesn't seem like there's enough generations between Yehuda and David to fill out all the years. Why not? Because, you know, a generation is 20, 25 years. How many? It's a couple of thousand years. So, well, wait, 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 wait. No, it, it's not a thousand years. but no, it, Between five, like, 300 years. Like, yeah, they're enough. And yeah. Between Yehuda and David, is 300 years. How is that possible? There's a lot of generations in there. I will count them for you, but there, there are a lot of generations that make it plausible. You're talking about um, even as far as Yishai, Obed, going back to Peretz. Count them up. There are a lot of generations. <laughs> Yehuda and Moshe, you had a few hundred years. 
No, it was 210 from Yehuda to Moshe, right? Because it went down. Well, Moshe was 210 years, but Yehuda was born before that. All right, we, 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 but the truth is that I would think it, it is plausible, but let's double check the figures. Now, they had sisters. Achiosam Tzura, Avigail, Uvene Tzuria. What's that? Achiosam Tzuria, David had sisters. One was Tzuria. Tzuria is famous as the mother of his longtime general, Yoav ben Tzuria. So Yoav and David were brothers-in-law. Avigail, Uvnei Tzuria, says Avishai, the Yoav, Vashoel, Shosho. Avigail, Yodo, es Amisha, Avi Amisha, Yeser Hayishma Eli. Yeser, the Ishmaelite. Well, if he was an Ishmaelite, how was he a direct son? Some say that no, some say he might have converted but others make the point that Yishmaelite describes his intense, fierce character. Because what he does is deliver one of the most important piske halacha. He was a big scholar. And you will recall David has an enemy called Doeg. And Doeg is challenging David's legitimacy because his great-great-grandmother Ruth was a Moaviah. And you cannot marry a Moabite. A Moabite cannot come into the Kehila of the Kaddish Baruch ever. So how did this happen? And he, Poskins, he was a great scholar. He, Poskins, that when the Torah says that, an Ammoni and a Moavi, it means a male Moavi, a male Ammoni. It does not include a Moaviyah, an Ammoniyah female, and that's why Ruth is perfectly legitimate as a convert and perfectly legitimate as David's uh, ancestor. Now we come to Chalev. <coughs> the Chalev ben Chetzron Holid, and before we get to that, there are two Chalevs. There's a Kalev ben Chetzron, and there's a Kalev ben Yefuna. As we know, Kalev ben Yefuna was the spy that stayed loyal along with Yoshua. Kalev was also the spy that was sent to Yericho. Um, and so, which one is it? Some say it's the same. Kalev ben Chetzron, Kalev ben Yefuna is the same person. Some say they're separate. They can't really be separate because Chetzron was one of the, you talk about time gaps, Chetzron was one of those who came down with the original group to Egypt. So he would have had to have attained his adulthood then. 210 years in Egypt, he would have to be very, very old. And the Medrash tells us that Kalev ben Yifune, when he went out to spy in the, as, with the Moroccan, was 40 years. Some say that it is the same that Chetzron morphs into Yefuna, that they gave him the name later on of Kalev ben Yefuna because he turned away from the advice of the other Maraglin. Anyway, there are two Kalevs that will keep reappearing here. Now, we get problematic. One of the devices used in Divrei Hayamin is that sometimes a person, or there will be three, four names, and it's really the same person. Say them a fortune, it's an aspect of the other person, of the same person. And so they include four names, and we're going to see it here with Miriam. Pasuk Yud Ches. Bechole ben Chetzron holy des Azuva. 
Isha. He marries Azuva. We know he marries Miriam. Azuva is Miriam. Why is she called Azuva? Because when she was a child or single, she was a very sickly person. She was very ill. And Azuva, she was just abandoned. Nobody wanted to marry her. Kalev, seeing beyond the lack of beauty, um, marries her. He, and so Kalev takes Azuva Isha, the Esurios. Urios says Namaphashim is also Miriam. As she got older, she got sicker. And what she did, Urios, is like the <coughs> curtains that are white without color. She had no complexion, she had a pallor. Nonetheless, he marries her. The Ele Boneha, Yeshev, Reshova, Ardon, these are the sons they had. But Thomas Azuva. So now Azuva theoretically dies. No, says Ephrat is really Miriam again. And Ephrat here means blossoming and blooming. She is now in full health and she blossoms and blooms as B'nai Israel, increasing their number, having million children. Betzalel, we know, is the architect of the Mishkan, a brilliant man, a brilliant scholar, and um, he comes from that union. Um, okay. And now Chetzron, the father of Kalev, comes and after 60 marries and he has birth to Shigul. We saw this in Navi. This man establishes 23 cities on the other side of the Yarden. <coughs> He takes Kishur, we saw also another group of cities, but they are not um, in the same vein of Kedusha as Yair's, and soon they disappear from Gilad. Avi Tekoa, he gives birth to Avi, um, Ashur, the father of Tekoa. He gives birth to Aron, Otsem, and Uchia. Yerachmiel takes another wife, Ushma Atara, he Onam. And I think it behooves us. To perhaps stop there, pick it up tomorrow uh, from where we are, and we will continue into the genealogy of Yehuda. 8.45 tomorrow, you will not want to miss it, I can't.